Our Father, we thank you this morning for your greatness, for your holiness, Lord. And Father, we realize we fall so far short of that. Like Isaiah, we cry out, we are undone, Lord. But thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you declare us to be righteous. Not because of our righteousness, but because of his. And Father, we thank you for the way that you've worked in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessed hope that we have that our Savior is going to return and we will be caught up in the air to meet him. And all will be forever with you. And all of that occurs because you have made us holy through your son, Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we're, return, we're continuing with our series on Christ's return. This is the third and final message of this series. Next Sunday, if you want to be reading ahead, we are going to start back with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, if you remember, we left off with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 22. Starting next Sunday, we will pick up with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, and then we will work our way through the rest of the book of 1 Corinthians. And actually, our text for this morning comes from the book of 1 Corinthians. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. Our Lord, come. That statement, our Lord, come, is the word in the Aramaic, Maranatha. We say it every day around here. We say it every Sunday at the end of every service. We say, Maranatha. Uh, I remember one service we've had, well, actually a couple of services where on, on one I had a special guest here. I asked him to close the service in prayer. He closed in prayer. Service was over and nobody moved. Everybody sat there until I popped up and said, good morning in Maranatha, and then everybody left. It has become a custom for us to say that. Maranatha. Say it together with me. Maranatha. It means, and we're going to talk about this, it is referencing the return of the Lord. Now when it comes to the return of the Lord, Jesus told us that we should not be setting dates as to when he will be coming. 
Mark chapter 13, verse 32, tells us this. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. No one knows when Jesus is going to return. And even Jesus, when he was on earth, limited his personal knowledge of that event so that while he was here on earth, he did not know. He willingly chose not to know that day or that hour. But in spite of this statement, why is it that all throughout church history, we have individuals who have predicted dates when Jesus was going to return? Augustine predicted that in the year 650, Jesus was going to return. Guess what? It didn't happen. In the 1840s, William Miller predicted that Jesus would return in either 1843 or 1844. Guess what? What? Guess. It didn't happen. Uh, in my lifetime, and when I was in the ministry, one of the big predictions came back around the year 1988. Edgar Wisenot predicted and actually wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Uh, he predicted that Jesus would return to rapture the church sometime during the Jewish New Year, which was from sunset of September the 11th to sunset September the 13th. Now, before that occurred, the World Bible Society published his booklet and printed 4 million copies that were distributed freely to over 200,000 pastors throughout the United States. What was the response to this prediction? Well, there were all kinds of responses. Uh, thousands who took the booklet very seriously quit their jobs to prepare for the rapture. Attendance increased in some churches right about that time. Personally, I can remember that on September the 13th, my boss came into my office and said, I'm surprised you're here this morning. And I said, well, why? And he says, well, I know you're one of those Christians, and weren't you all supposed to disappear here? You should have been gone. Is it that that event didn't happen because it was being publicized in the newspapers? Uh, did that event not happen, or are you not a true Christian? Which, which is it here? This one. And so we had a discussion about that uh, together. Uh, why is it not was so sure about his prediction that he said this? Only if the Bible is in error am I wrong. And I say that to every preacher in town. The Trinity Broadcasting Network 
preempted all their regular programming for those three days to, to run a special they had produced entitled, What to Do If You Miss the Rapture. Well, guess what? Can you guess what happened? It didn't happen. Harold Camping predicted that Jesus would return in 2011. He said this, we can't say maybe, we can't say it's possible, we can't say it looks very probable, no way. We have to say this is what the Bible teaches, this is a fact. He later admitted We humbly recognize that God may not tell his people when the date is when Christ will return. Because guess what happened in 2011? It didn't happen. Now, why should this be so puzzling to people? And why do people go on, even some some good people go on, predicting dates when we are told in Mark 13, 22... But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So let let me be very clear, because sometimes those of us who believe that the Lord is returning, we are sometimes criticized by others by saying we set all kinds of dates. Anyone who's following the teaching of the Bible is not going to set a date as to when Jesus is going to return. So let me make that very clear. Nonetheless, we look for the return of Jesus. We look for Jesus to come back. Maranatha. We've even named our church after Maranatha. You know, periodically someone will ask me and say, uh, Butch, do you think Maranatha is a good name for a church? And I tell them no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why when I'm talking to someone. First of all, those who are in the graphic arts, they hate our name. They would say to me, Butch, could you pick anything longer for the name of the church than Maranatha? I find as I'm talking to individuals, many people can't say the name. Nobody knows what it means, and nobody can spell it. And so the experience, I wouldn't name a church again personally, but as a church, that's what we voted on for the name of the church to be, was Maranatha Bible Church. So what does this mean? Maranatha is a transliteration. A transliteration is when you take a term in a different language and just put it into another language. So Maranatha is an Aramaic term that has been transliterated into the English. The word means our Lord come. And actually the word can be translated Uh, three different ways. It's strange 
that we find an Aramaic term in Paul's writing here to the church at Corinth. Because Paul was writing in the Greek, and then he puts this word in, in the Aramaic, Maranatha. That lets us know that this was a term that was well known in the early church and had meaning to the early Christians. So what does it mean? It can be translated, our Lord come. It can also be translated, our Lord comes. Or it can be translated, our Lord has come. Now all three meanings are correct. And we're going to look at that as we zero in on this word this morning, Maranatha. Say it with me again. Maranatha. Okay. So what does it teach? It teaches the imminency of the rapture. Now, what does that mean? It means that Christ could return at any moment without prior sign or warning. It means that there are no signs of the rapture of the church. Now, you'll sometimes see uh, articles written or books written about the signs of the return of Christ. There are signs in the Bible of Jesus' coming back to the earth to set up his kingdom, but there are no signs of the rapture. And that's what the doctrine of imminency is teaching us that there are no signs there's nothing that needs to be fulfilled Jesus can return at any moment and at any time and I believe that that is very clearly what the early church believed in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 7 there Paul writes so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. The early church was waiting for Jesus to come. Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The early church was awaiting Jesus to come. Philippians 4.5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now, the Lord being at hand has the same meaning as Maranatha, O Lord come, or the Lord comes. Now, it's not the Aramaic word there, but it means the Lord is at hand. The Lord is ready to come. Titus 2.13, waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The early church was waiting for our hope, which is the return of Christ. In James chapter 5, in verses 7 to 9, we read, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains? You also be patient. 
Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. There it is again. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. He's ready to open the door. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11, we read, Jesus says, I'm coming soon. In Revelation chapter 22, in verse 7, it says, and behold, I am coming soon. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, behold, I am coming soon. In Revelation 22, verse 20, we read, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Over in Revelation chapter 22, in verse 17, within this context of talking about the Lord coming back, we read this. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. And then at the end of the chapter in verse 20, it says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And I believe the rapture of the church is imminent. And friends, if you're here this morning and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting on? The truth of the matter is Jesus is coming back for those who have put their faith and trust in him. What's holding you back from making that decision? God is saying to you, come. The Spirit of God is saying to you, come. Come to him while you can. Come to him while the Spirit of God is working in your heart and drawing you to him. Come. Come before Jesus returns and gathers his church up in the air to be with him. Now, this term, Maranatha, how should it be used? There's different ways that it should be used. First of all, in the early church, there's lots of evidence that it began to be used as a greeting. The people, when they would see one another, they would say, Maranatha. You know, especially among the Jewish believers, this was a big change because they would normally say, Shalom, to one another. But it appears in the early church that they replaced that with this word of Maranatha that was a greeting that other Christians understood. So it can be used as a greeting. It can be used as a statement, a statement of fact. Our Lord come, that's a hope that we have. Our Lord comes. We'll talk about the promise in a minute. And our Lord has come. It's all tied up in that word Maranatha. So it is a statement 
that is to remind us of our Lord. It's a reminder for us that we need to keep looking up. We live in this world. We see the chaos of this world. We see the condition of this world. And within our hearts, there is a longing for Jesus to return. There's a longing for Jesus to come for his church. And there's a longing for Jesus to come and set up his kingdom and make things right on this earth earth. So we need to keep looking up. So if you're here this morning and you're discouraged, I say to you, Maranatha, if you're here this morning and you're worried today of events for today or events in the future, I say to you, Maranatha, if you're filled with anxiety over the problems you're facing The message to you is, Maranatha, the Lord is coming, and O Lord, come. It's a greeting. It's a statement. It's also a prayer. It's a prayer. Whenever we say Maranatha, it's a prayer that we are saying to the Lord, O Lord, come. Now, there are some who accuse us of being escapists, of wanting us to just get out of here. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? Apostle Paul said, you know what? I'm like caught in between here. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there's part of me that I look at, I'd rather be up there And he's someone who saw it up there and wasn't allowed to tell about it. He said, I would rather be up there because for me, that would be far better. We are going to a better place. Boy, there should have been a louder amen on that. We are going to a better place. And there's something wrong with our perspective if we don't think we're going to someplace better than down here. Think of all the hurts and all the pain and all the results of sin. And we will be with him and that will all be behind us. Maranatha, O Lord, come. I don't know whether you noticed it carefully, though, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in verse 22, the first part of the verse says, if anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. As Paul is closing out this book, He's basically dividing all humans into two different groups. Those who are lost. Those who have chosen to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who want no part of this coming Savior. But those who don't love the Lord, those who've chosen to stand against him, let them be accursed. And the reality is that's the future for everyone outside of Christ. 
But for those who believe, we have this blessed hope. Jesus is coming back. Which group do you find yourself in this morning? I hope you are among those who can say with me this morning, together, Maranatha. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we have. And Father, we pray that you will move and work in each of our hearts. Help us to love you, honor you, and to look for the return of our Savior. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.